I just looked down and noticed I'm supposed to be on another podcast. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Welcome to episode 60 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 10 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensibly distinguished educational comedy podcast, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. That's your call. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. To my left here, we have Bobby D. Yo. And to my right, we have Ian. What's happening? So today we'll be talking about indecorous news. We're going to be talking about the indecorous history of cannibalism, I guess, as opposed to the decorous history of cannibalism. <laughs> but uh, before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Mr. Doug Stanhope, everybody. Maybe in that buildup, you should explain what indecorous means. You know, <laughs> I, I, always, I thought it was a common word, but apparently, no. Yeah, we thought we were going to crush it with search engine optimization by owning the word outright, but no one knows what the fuck it means. Well, not only that, but nobody knows how to spell it either, so we fucking fucked up on that end. Yeah, we've got that going for us as well. It's awesome. So, yeah, indecorous means... I actually can't even really explain it. We'll, fucking, <laughs> we'll, we'll add it after, and it'll be in the show notes. So, we like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. These questions are open for everybody to answer, but, you know, in all likelihood, we're not going to resolve any of this shit. Now, this first question, this comes from Kristen. She's asking, why do men with gray hair look distinguished and women just look old? Uh-oh. What happened? <laughs> we have our second guest. Oh, Christine Levine, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's a party. All right, Christine Levine of Bisbee, Arizona, new resident. Oh, That's... congratulations. You're not going to let me hear you. Oh, hey, Barnabas. No, keep going. <laughs> uh, sorry, I got a new dog, and the dog is uh, not letting Christine in. He's growling at her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Barnabas, no. Wow. <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry for this, uh, this technical interruption. <laughs> yeah, this dog... Uh, He's uh, he's kind of attached to me, and uh, I saw I saw you post that you're not going to keep it. <clears throat> I, I don't know. My cat Meatwig won't come home, and uh, I think if he did, this dog would probably uh, he would definitely chase that cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. We're we're, right. we're we're trying to figure it out. Uh, Christine Levine, the question that you missed and only you can answer is mm -hmm. why is it gray-haired men are considered distinguished? where gray-haired ladies are just considered ood. Well, yeah. I, okay, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, women are, when we reach a certain age, uh, about the age that I am now, we get uh, thrown away, like oh. <laughs> traded in for younger models. And because the men can make babies throughout their entire lives, pretty much. Tony Randall had a baby when he was 77. Mick Jagger just had a baby. Of course, his wife was not also 77 years old. His wife was in her 30s. So Yeah, but why do we look way better than women when we age? <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. the only question. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, do you think that women look more distinguished with gray hair, Christine? No, I think that we're conditioned to believe that they do. I don't think they look better when they get older. Who are you shitting me? So go look at that hot Egyptian man parade. Do you think that's going to look just as good with a bunch of 50 year old dudes on that? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's rare. It's a myth in society that they look better. I we're taught don't that we think do. you can be modified into what you find attractive. Well, do, do, does it make them more attractive? Like for, you know what I mean? Like old guys for women, does it make them more attractive or is it just that they're still attractive? And it's like this lizard braid thing like, no. oh, we can still procreate. Well, I think you mean like, why do young women like old men? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's maybe it's not that they're necessarily more attractive, but just that they're still attractive. No, it's <clears throat> money. Okay. Oh, yeah. Don't be stupid. Yeah. 
That's a good point. <laughs> I know, yeah. I've, you, when you, how many times have you watched a, an old movie and seen someone where you go, wow, I've, how fucking stupid did yes. you know, they look when they were 25? <laughs> I see pictures of myself at 25. Thank God I'm fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> he says character now. I see, although in Hollywood, though, and shit like that, because I even I remember Brendan Walsh, I heard him talk about once he was thinking of starting to dye his hair because he was looking too old for fucking auditions and shit like that. Aww. So I guess they still pay attention to that shit. And I guess you do see it. Like, I saw a fucking... They were showing an interview with Regis Philbin right before he died, and his, his fucking hair was all white. Same with Letterman and shit. Like, it's, as soon as they get out of show business, they don't dye their hair. Right. But they definitely care more about just having the hair than the color, necessarily. Oh, well, yeah, right? that's true. That's the, yeah. I will say this about Hollywood, though. Remember Bridges of Madison County? Clint Eastwood is 15 years <coughs> older than Meryl Streep, and they almost didn't cast Meryl Streep because she was too fucking old. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, yeah, I do hear about that. The Jesus. man can fucking sixty-year-old dude still go out with a twenty-five-year-old and shit. I always like that. Yeah, we're replaceable. I mean, I know I am. <laughs> go ahead. Next question. Yeah, next question. So the answer to that one is women are replaceable. So yes. we got to the bottom of that one. <laughs> always. The next one comes from Anthony. He says porn is seen to have negative effects, but what are some of the positive effects of porn on human civilization? Mm. The money you save? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, like on hookers and shit, you mean? Well, or, just on relationships. Or, or just going out trying to get laid. Like, yeah. Uh, I could just dump this in a fucking wastebasket. Yeah. Get the poison out and <laughs> yep. move on with your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially now. I, like, I, we did an episode about it, but it's hard to even believe that fucking how, do the, how does the porn industry make money now? Like, because you can just get everything for free online. That's true. But they have, like, um, the cam girls are, like, raking it in right now. They're doing great. Yeah. The the pimping has turned virtual where they just have yes. to pay, like, the server. <laughs> right. Yeah, only, OnlyFans is crushing it right now. Girls yeah. are making more on OnlyFans than they ever did whenever they were doing shoots. But, so, yeah. but like, like companies like, like uh, Vivid and shit like that, how do they make any money? Like high production value porn, how does that fucking Subscription make Subscription services, they do that, like the porno Netflix, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. guys, guys are not afraid of that kind of commitment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that shit they'll sign up for. <laughs> All right, so I think that's a good positive too. Uh, I mean, yeah. actually, I, to be honest with you, I don't even believe in the negatives. You know, it's usually the fucking Christian evangelicals that try to push some sort of shit, and I'm like, I don't, I don't see what the negative effect is. Well, I okay, I can kind of speak to this. I did um, when I worked at the porn store. I read some studies that were, you know, like pretty good about what uh, if I'm trying to remember, this is like maybe 10 years ago. So I'm going to try and remember the best I can. The study was they had young men of college age talk about their feelings about women and how misogynistic they thought they were. And, you know, like a survey, right? So they fill yeah. that out and how they, all their views about women. And then they watched 30 minutes of porn and then a week later, an hour worth of porn. And then they came back and answered that <coughs> survey again. And their answers varied really a lot about, they were much more misogynistic. And then they had to do it again six months later. And they had those same misogynistic views. They did not go back to like being. What, what, what kind of porn were they watching? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and did I, they go on to make them watch gay porn? <laughs> yeah. Slowly and they become more dudes. sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> and then they redecorated their house and everything was great. <laughs> I will say, actually, you know what? Now you bring it up. I mean, I don't think I've got it's made me misogynistic or whatever. But when the Internet hit, I was basically at my peak masturbation years. So I was going fucking full on hardcore. And I think I do. I do think that I was watching so much porn at such a high level that it uh, it was making it more difficult to just get turned on by just a woman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get desensitized, I guess, is what I'm trying that's to say. The, that's the negative. Yeah. Oh, then that's the only one that I could ever think of. And even women have that with vibrators. Oh, yeah. No shit. I, I thought about that, too. Yeah. It's like, fucking, how can you compete with that shit? Oh, well, I mean, you can't. You just, right, it's exactly. just, uh, it's, uh, the, the pulverizer, the clit hammer just <laughs> <laughs> takes, takes it out. 
So, all right, we got to the bottom of that one. Our last question <laughs> for this segment is uh, comes from Amanda, and she asks, if you could watch a condensed version of your life, would it make you happy? I'd say yes. <laughs> wait, who's editing? Yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, are, they, I, I, are you watching a, the condensed version of the shit that would sell tickets or the stuff that you actually are proud yeah. of? <laughs> yeah. Who gets to pick the material? Because yeah. other people would want to see the fucking dark parts. Yeah, a lot of filler, a lot of filler in there. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it depends on who's editing the condensed. I must say, I assume if somebody's going to make a condensed version, they're going to do greatest hits. Yeah, right? yeah. Most of yeah, most of my life, would I would just be watching myself sitting on the couch watching TV, <laughs> <laughs> including the part where I'm watching the condensed version of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about the? I, I was going to ask this about the porn question. How do you guys feel about fake child porn, like computer generated child porn oh, or, yeah. or midget porn? Midget porn. Don't forget. About well, that. nah, but midget oh, porn is a whole other fucking genre. What? Uh, I fucked up. You got to hey, go. No, I don't. I I I double booked uh, oh. someone else. I thought I had the one. I, it was the two and three spot I was filling. I just looked down and noticed. Uh, I'm supposed to be on another podcast, but fuck uh, it. Just put them on this one, man. They'll have a fucking 10 people on one podcast. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's my question is like, I obviously child porn is the most horrific thing ever, but I would still rather these, mm -hmm. these pedophiles get their rocks off with fake of child course. porn than actually real kids getting exploited. I felt that way a long time about, I want them to have child-sized sex dolls and have access to them. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and people look at me like I'm out of my fucking mind. I agree with you 100%. Like, wouldn't you right? rather they fuck some doll than an actual fucking kid? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I even looked at audiences who are dumbfounded when I say this on stage and I go, you know what? Look around you. One in four of us are like, that's a good goddamn idea. Yeah. One in four yeah. of us thinks it's genius. But <laughs> I think it's fucking great. But I mean, good luck putting that on your Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Etsy. <laughs> I take personalized orders. What yeah, do you need? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How fucking creepy would that fucking customized child fucking dolls? Yeah. Well, you just pull a string and it says, my mom never listens to me. <laughs> my favorite. You could do the voiceovers for that shit. Just have children of color, and then when people, get, <laughs> when there's an uproar, just say they're racist. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. You're racist. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, that reminds. I was thinking that somebody should start some kind of campaign to get black actors back into home robbery commercials you know because they always use white people oh my god because it's so it's like all these black actors can't get jobs as home invasion robbers so sad times the arab guys can't get jobs as terrorists either right exactly now what's what's happening nobody's thinking about all these actors that are out of jobs now <laughs> hey hey throw that throw that name of your podcast at christine levine and see if she has any idea what that word and decorous comedy do you know what that means christine no huh? god damn it i really thought this was a more common word but that's fucking yeah <laughs> this is like when i when i first learned the expression shot clog yeah. which is an irritating person that you put up with only because they're buying drinks. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. And I, yeah. And I go, ah, we're renaming the podcast, the shot club. I podcast. remember that. And yeah. Yeah. yeah nobody, nobody liked it. it. Oh. <laughs> nobody liked See, it. I thought it was a great name, but yeah, it didn't last very long, but it's a fucking, yeah. But anyone, you have to fucking explain shit. It, it's still a great expression. It is. I like it a lot. All right, guys, we're going to move on to our next segment in Decora's News. This is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast again in your entire life. All right, Ian, you can do this whole story. Our, our favorite person, Pat Robertson, prophesizes winner of election followed by these end-time events. Christian Broadcast Network founder Pat Robertson reported on the 700 Club that he had been told by God that President Donald Trump... Can, will I, cut, can I cut in yeah, here? Your read, your, your, your read sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Reported on the 700 Club that he had been told by God that President Donald Trump will be elected and his re-election will bring about the start of end times. 
Trump's re-election will be followed by a series of earth-shaking events, including massive civil unrest across the U.S. I believe that. Yeah, that's the shocker there. It's like he's predicting Trump is going to be reelected and then the end of times, which I agree with the second part of that. Yeah. Previously, the evangelist has claimed that anyone opposing Trump is satanic and argued that Democrats and others who are working against President Trump are actually working against the will of God. <laughs> <laughs> that also kind of checks out. <laughs> yeah, it could be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna die of something yeah i believe it robertson also dismissed trump's confession that he sexually assaulted women and could get away with it arguing that trump was simply quote trying to look like he's macho <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> i like that that's a fucking excuse i love i love that he still uses the word macho yeah yeah <laughs> I wish he would have said a macho. That would have been even better. He's trying <laughs> he was, to be a macho. It was his, he was bringing out his inner Burt Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that might be like too current a reference for fucking Pat Roberts and Burt Reynolds. Errol Flynn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Rudolph Valentino. When I hear macho, I, I yeah. picture that Burt Reynolds uh, yeah, um, naked on a uh, bare rug. skin rug. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, so apparently he just said this on the his whatever the fucking show is. Uh, but I don't. 700 Club. You don't watch 700 Club? That's the only place I get my news. Yeah. No, I stopped at 300 Club and then it got boring after that. <laughs> I don't I don't understand, though, how this is an endorsement, though. It's like, hey, man, we got to reelect this dude so the fucking well actually you know what if you want the world to end i guess it is kind of a fucking well yeah that's a christian's wet dream is the world ending and their lord coming back for them they love this shit they want it to happen it's crazy like yeah it is crazy that that's like i'll say shit like that as like in a mocking manner but they truly fucking believe that shit yeah remember this is not an endorsement this is the word of god he's saying he's not saying well, I want this to happen. He's just reporting the news. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just... Don't kill the messenger. <laughs> That'd be great if you just got your news directly from God. Yeah, <laughs> right? If only we could all be as privileged as Pat Robertson. <laughs> Angelina Jolie just adopted another baby. What? No, I'm just saying like that God is just yeah. giving you trivial news. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Lord. He works for BuzzFeed. <laughs> it's like an alert that comes on your phone, but it's from God. God just yeah. fucking gossiping. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to get some sort of filters or something. Otherwise, you're just going to be constantly getting every fucking minutiae from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this next story. Yeah, it's perfect for it. Yep, God says. Van Dam saves the life of a chihuahua after row over fake passport. Yep. Uh-huh. This is from God. A dog <laughs> named Rhea was sold to new owners in Norway in September, but officials there would not register her because she had traveled on a fake Bulgarian passport. How dare wait, she? Wait, who's? I th- I was assuming this is Jean-Claude Van Dam. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it is. It is. It is. Oh. It is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the dog? Wait, the dog had a fake passport? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's why this fucking story is nuts. Norway tried to repatriate the animal, but Bulgaria refused to take her back because of the European Union rules on the transport of live animals, leaving the dog facing euthanasia until the Belgian film legend got involved. Oh, thank God. I Van Dam, best known for his sick leg splits, launched an emotive campaign on social media posting selfies of him hugging his chihuahua, which eventually persuaded Bulgaria's food safety authority to accept the dog back. Yeah, I like how it was the food safety authority that's in charge of dogs in <laughs> Bulgaria. Yeah, see, that's the kind of stuff that you would just gossip with God about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know... Is, Jean-Claude Van Damme's still alive? Yes, God. <laughs> yeah, I keep him here to save fucking chihuahuas. Nice. That's his whole purpose in life now, is fucking saving dogs from Bulgarian law. All right, see, I've fucked enough of that read-up, so you can go ahead on this. You, you didn't fuck see. anything up. I think you're doing great, Doug. You're too hard on yourself. Transsexual Satanist anarchist wins GOP nomination for the sheriff in New Hampshire County. New Hampshire's first trans anarchist satanic candidate, but I mean, you know, I repeat myself, for county sheriff, says she's not getting a lot of support from the Republican Party. Quote, I can't imagine they're happy about this, said Aria D'Amezzo. It's so smart. Is she taking them down from the inside? You know, that's what I was thinking, too. But actually, well, I'll, I'll keep reading. Apparently, okay. D'Amezzo 
who is running as a Republican with the campaign slogan, Fuck the Police, <sighs> said she hasn't had any help or support from the county or state GOP. <sighs> apparently, well, here's the, because, the, the, you know, obviously I posted the story. Uh, apparently she just couldn't run as a libertarian. Uh. So she fucking ran as a GOP candidate and she had no opposition. So she ended up winning this shit. Like she, apparently she comes from the Free Keen group of libertarian activists that produced nobody, quote unquote, nobody, uh-huh. a gubernatorial candidate who changed his name from Rich Paul to, quote, nobody. Oh. Free Keen started as an offshoot of the Free State Project of Libertarians, but the Free State Project has since distanced itself from Free Keen. This is very complicated like churches almost the free state project if you don't know was an idea of getting all these libertarians that make up whatever two percent of the vote that, uh-huh. well let's all move to one state and make a libertarian state oh yeah which uh, i was all about it i remember yeah. you were talking about a million that. years ago like tw- it was like 20 years ago but then they picked new hampshire I'm like, I'm not going someplace <laughs> cold. I don't care about freedom that much so if it would have been arizona you'd still be fucking doing the free state project well, it, I was in L.A. when it started, so yeah. I was willing to go a lot of places. But they, they talked about <laughs> Wyoming and oh. Idaho. And, yeah, I, 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 there was a couple places I would have considered. But I mean, was it legit or was it like a bunch of quacks trying to be like, hey, we're going to have a commune and shit? Or were they really fucking trying to do this? No, no, it's just living in the state where you you can all vote. Oh, I see. You just move there. So you just become a big concentration voting block. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking smart. Yeah. I don't know why yeah, they would have fucking... fucking. You ever been in New Hampshire? No, I haven't actually. No. Well, apparently they vote trans anarchist Satanist sheriffs up that way. So we're starting to approach a point of critical mass where... As more and more of these types of stories pop up about Satan activists, death metal bands are starting to finally distance themselves from Satanism altogether. It's just too woke for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, yeah, so, oh, here it is. The Mezzo only ran as a Republican because of problems getting libertarian candidates on the ballot. Uh, she says, I shouldn't have won this freaking primary. I should have gotten crushed. She wasn't even expecting a fucking win this shit, and now she's the candidate. <laughs> I know, right? It's like to an extent, I kind of I dig this shit because it makes such a mockery of the whole fucking democratic process. Like that's the only thing positive I've ever said about Donald Trump is that I like what a joke he's made of the whole fucking U.S. election process. It's like, look, this this fucking clown can even win presidency in the United States. Yeah, definitely poked holes in everything that we were raised to believe that you know it was a solid game plan exactly not so much i really assumed that because of trump a million fucking weirdos would be running this election like you know Mm -hmm. like jean claude van damps (laughs) or someone instead we're just stuck with fucking kanye yeah well doug you ran for fucking president once i started to and then it got fucking unfunny (laughs) (laughs) did i tell you that i found a shirt at the uh, like a Tucson Goodwill. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Drunk with power. Mm-hmm. And it's a it was a double XL, so it was my size, and so I bought it. And then I think I'm like, oh, this was my shirt. How <laughs> <laughs> you bought your own shit? Oh wow, really? <laughs> yes. oh, I've done that so many times. <laughs> That's funny. Or like, oh or God. what we do? Because uh, I had all this you know football stuff and jerseys and. And I'd get rid of like Saint stuff, and then someone else would go to the thrift store and go, "Oh, a Saints jersey. It's uh, Doug Stanhope loves the Saints, <laughs> or oh, a Jesus. mug, or a fucking pennant." <laughs> like when I had too much, and, and they'd buy it and bring it back the next week. That's funny. Hey, oh. brought this for football. I thought you'd like it. I gave it to them. I had somebody tell me a story once that they were in I don't know, like New York or something, and they saw somebody. I used to sell shirts after shows. And they had one of my shirts. I just had like a big fucking weed. Because, you know, when I started selling merch after shows, I was like, what do people buy? And they buy fucking weed shit and alcohol shit. So I was like, all right, fucking, I'm going to put a fucking weed thing on on a shirt. And somebody saw somebody wearing it in New York. And they're like, oh, shit, you like, uh, you, you like Carlos? And they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I just like weed. <laughs> That's happened to me at Safeway where a guy was wearing my T-shirt in the line behind me. And I go, hey, cool. <laughs> he just looked at me. I go, that's that's me. He looked down. He went, I don't know. I just got out of the thrift store. <laughs> that's Jeez. really bad. I don't even know who the fuck you were. That's fucking good. <laughs> it still didn't even, like, at that point, you'd think you'd go, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I'd run into you. I don't even know. No, he was still uninterested. Yeah, still. <laughs> like, oh, all right. <laughs>
Hey everybody, this is your weekly reminder of all our social media. Please follow us on Facebook. We're on Facebook.com slash Indecorous Comedy. We are on Instagram, same thing, Instagram.com slash Indecorous Comedy. And we are on Twitter, at Indecorous Pod. Support us on Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com slash Indecorous Comedy. Also, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but remember, we're on Pornhub. So after you jerk off and you're feeling guilty about jerking off, come over to our little website. We're at Pornhub.com slash users slash Indecorous Comedy. And speaking of Pornhub, we have a very special thing going on right now. Ian, you want to tell them about it? This podcast has now spawned a child, a mini-me, if you will. We have a second podcast that just cuts the fat and gets right to the cock. Pornhub comments the podcast. So it's everyone's favorite segment from season one as a podcast. We just put that shit in. It's like five to ten minutes each episode. Very ADD friendly. We think it's kind of cool that we can just take a little snip of the tip and respawn a fucking whole new podcast off of it. So go review us on all that shit. iTunes, Spotify. Give us some likes. If you guys just want to stick to the fucking porn shit, it's there for you. Yeah. Unreleased stuff. Like, if, if you're not into all the foreplay shit, you can just <laughs> go straight up into and fucking stick that shit in. No lube. No lube. <laughs> Go straight yeah. into the fucking Pornhub comments. No Lube the Podcast. That's right. That's why we should have called it No yeah. Lube the Podcast. But that was just too easy to spell. <laughs> We're going to move on to our main segment of the show. It's the Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this podcast as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive, we will be talking about the dark history of cannibalism. This dive was written by uh, Bobby here, so Bobby, you can start it off. Everybody's familiar with America's most famous cannibal, Jeffrey Dahmer, and while he really put some numbers on the board, he didn't bring much to the table in terms of any culinary talent, and certainly not with creativity. Let's face it, old Jeff was just a hack that always ate the heart like some kind of wannabe Aztec. Today we want to talk about a lesser known cannibal that, despite his lack of success in terms of victims, was really trying to ride that cannibalism bus to Flavortown. Okay, so not really cannibalism, it's just we're just talking about this one guy that hasn't gotten as much credit as Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. Trying to okay. put him on the map. Trying to help out the little guy, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to bring up the indie cannibals <laughs> yeah, up blue in Blue-collar cannibalism. <laughs> All right. So as a child, Nathaniel Bar Jonah was torturing animals. Oh, Doug, didn't you used to do that? Um, yeah, it was on a minor scale. It was a brief, uh, a brush. Was, okay. Insta- uh, insects mostly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did stick. Did, did, yeah, it did put a toad in a microwave. But uh, that's, that's just because you were hungry. I was, yeah. Sure. So like, like a normal aspiring serial killer, but was, he was instead getting in reps and working towards his 10,000 hours by attacking local children. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, see, so he wasn't torturing animals. So, okay. So he was torturing children. And at only seven, he lured a five-year-old neighbor girl into his basement under the guise of playing with a Ouija board where he proceeded to strangle her. Luckily, his mother heard her screams and saved the girl from her sweet baby boy, figuring he just didn't know what he was doing. Little Nick Dog was given a stern talking to, and nothing came of the incident. All right, I guess the mom just figured that he just didn't know the rules of Ouija. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make a ghost to talk to? <laughs> you, gotta yeah, you gotta kill the person on the spot. <laughs> make your own yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a hell of a misreading of the fucking instructions. Yeah. He was confused. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, six years later, Barjona, am I saying that right? Does it even matter? Nah. Apparently, forgetting you don't shit where you eat, targeted a six year old neighbor boy by promising to take him sledding. Only he didn't take the boy sledding. What? He took the poor kid to a secluded area and sexually assaulted him like a real jerk. Mm. <laughs> what a jerk. As <laughs> little Nady Poo got older, he realized he was never going to achieve all of his goals with false promises of Ouija boards and sledding. So is this really, I guess, how cannibals are born? They don't torture animals. They just fucking claim they don't know how to play Ouija board. Yeah, they just get out of the gate raw. Yeah, no shit. They don't warm up. No pretense. Nope. I love yeah. it. Looks like those evangelicals were right about those Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
Good point. He's got good bait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I always I always wait for the little kids to walk by and go, hey, you want to come in and have some asparagus? That doesn't (laughs) (laughs) it would have worked on me. (laughs) All right. Ian, you've been fired. So Doug, do you want to read this? All right. In 1975. Oh wait, this is this is still the same story. Yeah, same oh, story. It's, it's it's all it's all about this one dude. It was more. Yeah. All right. So in, in 1975, 18 year old now Nathaniel the Spaniel. Who who's which one of you is responsible for trying to Bobby? Bobby yeah. wrote this one. It's, it's a terrible wrote. nickname. Yeah. Approached an eight year old on his way to school and claiming to be a police officer, lured the boy to his car where he began to sexually assault and strangle him. Fortunately for the lad, someone witnessed the attack, called the police, and Bar Jonah was arrested. After pleading, I'm white, come on, in court, he was sentenced to only one year of probation. Uh, I mean, I guess that goes without saying that this kid is white. I mean, there's not a whole lot of fucking black cannibals, right? No. Not that I know of it. I mean, just serial killers in general, really, there's not a whole lot of black dudes. I mean, sometime in our lifetime, God willing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, once we achieve equality in this fucking country, mm-hmm. I think that's what Biden is promising, right? Isn't that one of his things? We'll have more black serial killers if you we elect Biden Harris. We're, we're I think that's what the this. other side is threatening. <laughs> All right, uh, three years later, Barjona again impersonating a police officer and probably using the same uniform we can safely assume was returned to him upon making bail after his last attack did the thinkable and abducted two more little boys from a local movie theater. He told them they were under arrest, took them to his favorite molesting spot, and went to town on the Chimo. He strangled one of the boys, dumped the body, and took off with the other victim in his trunk. Oh. What he... That's one way of choosing the bachelor. Yeah. Uh, What he didn't realize was the boy that he thought was dead was just unconscious and ran for help when he woke up. Barjona was caught with the kid in his trunk, charged with attempted murder, and sentenced to 18 to 20 years. That's a little better. Yeah. Yeah, Second go around. Yeah. They're starting to pick up what he's putting down. (laughs) Probably only because of that prior, too, right? Yeah. We're like, oh, there might be a pattern. How is there more to this if he was... A sentence to 18 to 20 years. So I guess apparently, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess there's yeah. fucking more. Yeah. All but right. wait, but wait, mm-hmm. there's more. Despite telling his prison psychiatrist about his fantasies of murdering, dissecting and eating children, it was recommended he be moved to a mental hospital in 91. A judge somehow agreed with the psychiatrist that the man wasn't a dangerous threat. Barjona was released on probation on the condition he moved to Montana to live with his mother. Though it was recommended he seek help. I, I like that that sounds like it's part of the sentence. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, man, hey, can you move to Montana? You know, you probably should fucking see somebody about this whole strangling children thing. I, I'm always confused when I hear, uh, uh, hang on. Mm. What? Hey. Barnabas. Oh, he knows his name. Barnabas. Get over here. Sorry. Just get him on the podcast. Give him a mic. Well, you might you might have a dog fight with Henry. Henry doesn't care for Barnabas much. <laughs> well, there's your news. I just fucking started dog fighting. Uh, so uh, anytime I'd hear a, a case where the like, if you get arrested and they say, okay, you can't leave the state now. Well, you'd want them to leave the state. Yeah. Wouldn't you want them to go be somebody else's <laughs> problem? I would think so. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But I like that they're just suggesting that he go get help. Like he's like an ex-boyfriend that didn't treat you that well. (laughs) Go get help. (laughs) Nathaniel. See, if they listen to us, Christine, we just get this guy, some kind of dull kid to strangle. Yeah. And you can do this next paragraph. Just days after his release, Nate Dog forced his way into a parked car with a seven-year-old boy inside and tried to smother him by sitting on top of him. But the boy's mom caught him in the act and he was quickly arrested now this is i guess this is this was this guy's thing he just loved sitting on people yeah basically that's right it feels like this guy's a disgruntled mall santa that just wants to punish the kids after all the fucking shit he had to endure during the (laughs) ah you said i mean no i sit on you motherfucker (laughs) i'm telling you he just goes on a rampage and takes revenge on all these children Yeah. So despite his record in Massachusetts, uh, no one from the court followed up with his probation officers 
and the monster was able to flee to Montana. So he was soon back to his old tricks in Montana, luring and sexually assaulting young boys. He even installed a pulley from the ceiling where he hung at least one of them. He worked as a short order cook and flew under the radar for years. No one suspected he was molesting children, let alone killing them. Neighbors did start to notice, however, that the food their nice neighbor kept making for them was full of strange meat they couldn't identify. He claimed it was venison from a deer he shot, but no one ever knew of him to actually go hunting. I That is, a lot of times with these psychos, it's like, what's the motivation here? Like, what? Like, okay, I can understand, all right, maybe you like cooking people and eating them but why what do you get out of feeding it to other people oh it's and a power guess, move it's classic power move you feed somebody is, to somebody you never done that no is that the way it is <laughs> yeah i just i want the payoff like i want to be able to be like i just serve them food and then be like ah guess what you guys just ate and then see their faces <laughs> but if they never crazy. know then what's the payoff i don't get enough from just watching them i need more payoff as well you need the blooper music too carlos you need the womp 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 uh, yeah exactly <laughs> I need the, and then i point at the hidden camera that i've been recording them with the whole time yeah and then it, do like a zoom in on your face as you're smiling really devilishly i want to get the oh carlos <laughs> <laughs> all right bobby so you can do this next one Bar Jonah's man-boy party finally started to wind down when in 1999, he was arrested outside of a local elementary school dressed as a cop and carrying a fake gun. At first, he was charged with impersonating a police officer, but shit got real when they searched his house. Inside Bar Jonah's home, investigators discovered thousands of photos of children cut from magazines, a piece of human bone, and a bizarre journal written in code, which was sent to the FBI to be decoded. Inside the now-decoded journal, Bar Jonah described his obsession with torturing and murdering children and listed 22 names, eight of which were confirmed to be his earlier victims and some who were never identified. The disturbing diary went on to detail plans to cook and eat children with writings that looked like recipes, including titles like Barbecued Kid, Sex a la Carte, My Little Dessert, My Little Kid Dessert, Little Boy Stew, little boy pot pies, and lunch is served on the patio with roasted child. That just sounds like the track listing of a Doug Stanhope album. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. All right. So, Bobby, you can close it out. There's the last one. All right. Despite the diary, human bone, and a meat grinder being taken from Barjona's home, along with all the stories from neighbors talking about the strange meals he brought them, There was somehow never enough evidence to prove allegations of cannibalism, and those charges were dropped. Barjona was sentenced to 130 years for all the chimo, and he eventually died in prison from heart disease like a real American. (laughs) Those kids are fatty. They're not good for the heart. No, not American. Logged arteries. Yeah, you wonder... I wonder if cannibals in European countries live longer because the fucking kids aren't as fat. They're on the Mediterranean kid diet. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To this day, no one knows for sure how many people Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Bar Jonah may have murdered, though he is a possible suspect in several murders in Massachusetts, Wyoming, and Montana. His recipes remain a secret. Uh, There you go. So we learned something today, guys. And fun fact, what was his hometown, Bobby? Oh, uh, Worcester. Well, Worcester. Oh. Worc- yeah. Worcester. That's my hometown. Yeah, I guess he was Worcester, Mass. There. Yeah, yeah, this guy, you probably went to high school with this guy, Doug. <laughs> he probably, he learned it from you. All right, thank you for doing the podcast, Doug. Love you, man. All right. You, yeah, you put, thank you so much, man. That you, was awesome. You put all my plugs in there later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I put a 30 minutes of plugs at the end of the podcast. All right. Love you, Carlos. Thanks, guys. All right, love you, Bye, too. Carlos. All right, see you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, see you, Christine. Guys. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, Christine. So for this next segment, we're going to do something a little bit different. This whole episode has been different, but we are going to do a new segment where we check in with our good friend, Crispy. If you don't remember Crispy, he was on the podcast last season. He works at 7-Eleven, and he's always posting stories on Facebook about weird shit that's happening at the 7-Eleven. So we figured we'd check in on him and uh, make sure he's okay. Make sure he's not getting robbed and not know that he is actually getting robbed as he told us. <laughs> and should we mention for the listeners that maybe didn't catch the previous episode, he's autistic. And his autistic superpower is that he can get robbed at gunpoint and not realize it. 
Yeah, <laughs> he told the story on the last time he was on the podcast where this guy tried to rob him, that put a gun on the fucking counter, and Crispy was just like, hey man, and you moved your gun so I can scan your beer. Yeah, that's a killer uh, replica paperweight. <laughs> yeah. So I worry about old Crispy, so we're going to check in on him here, see what's going on at 7-Eleven. What's up, Crispy? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How you doing, Crispy? Hey, Crispy. Hey, who's who's on the line with me? Bobby's here and Ian's here. Oh, they're all beautiful, man. I, I'm happy <laughs> to be on the Zoom call. I, I'm usually on the Zoom calls with beautiful men. Are you running for office <laughs> with these compliments? <laughs> <laughs> no, not old enough yet, but gay sex for president. <laughs> and I think I voted for that guy last time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yang Gang 2020. <laughs> Crispy, so you're at work right now? Yeah, slinging chicken wings to crackheads. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> so how's it going today? Oh, it's been pretty weird, man. Like, I had a um, homeless dude come in. Uh -huh. And, you know, I'm watching him because I don't play that shit. Fucking homeless as fuck. And, <laughs> um... You don't, you you don't believe don't, in like, it? You, you don't believe in people that don't have homes? Uh, I mean, I, I have yet to see a beautiful, beautiful man without seven teeth. <laughs> but yeah this guy was weird he came up to the counter after me watching him and he left us like five dollar tip what oh wow what? yeah it's kind of it's kind of fucked up when a homeless guy is like oh yeah you need to change like <laughs> but yeah so that turned into uh him coming back 30 minutes later and stealing two 24 packs of beer and hoping you'll look the other way, right? So it's like yeah, a quick yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, forget about it. But he couldn't really say the forget part because of the lack of teeth. But yeah, we had to call the cops on him and they, they, they couldn't find him. Like, he's on foot and they still couldn't, like, find him. Like, just a, a homeless guy carrying two twenty-four packs of Bud Light. I think they did find him, but he slipped him a fiver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Tony two fives. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here you go, fellas. Split it amongst yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Go wild. Go wild. <laughs> I, I like how earlier you said um, you don't play that shit. Like you uh, don't believe in poverty, which I'm pretty sure is the Republican platform this year. <laughs> you know, poverty doesn't really bring out the best in people, especially if you're living on East Independence Boulevard. You know, I, I think I have some a right to like think some bullshit's going on. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I haven't I haven't smoked crack, so I, I don't know like what goes through the head. Well, you know, if you really cared about your customers, you'd get in their heads by smoking more crack. You know, I've actually considered it. I do come in drunk sometimes because I like to be on the same playing field. Yeah. <laughs> you can really relate. Yeah. It's like you're uh, studying for a character. Oh, yeah. I'm, me I'm method acting right now. That's why, that's why I call these past three years. This method acting. Yeah. Well, mostly because you're on meth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's, it's God's crack. <laughs> So how does somebody rob 224s and you don't fucking... Well, you know, I have like a whole line of fantastic landscapers trying to get their 24 packs of Modelo. Oh. And then like, you know, he just comes in, you know, peruses and, you know, picks them up, put them back, picks them up. And then like, you know what? I could just fucking leave. And he did. Yeah. People oh. don't know that there's a cheat code in the gas station. You don't have to pay for everything. You can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> there's certain things that are like above your pay grade to give a shit about. And petty theft oh, is well, obviously. I mean, the pay grade comes into it, but like that's a personal insult. Like, and that that is uh, priceless. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, if I could, I would have ran them down. Like, but I don't have a car. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you know, like, I guess he's uh, winning today in the gas station lottery. <laughs> do you see do you see people that have the stolen shit from the store come back? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a pretty safe assumption. Like the gas station said about a high turnover rate. Like, oh man, this guy can't be such a loser. He's still working there. I mean, god damn it, he is. Yeah, I think if you're brazen enough to walk out with two 24 packs, you're probably bold enough. Not just one. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody, you know, you're not going to assume that the the person that let you get away with that is, uh, you know, you know, shit together. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to find that guy just so I can get drunk with him. Yeah. Well, he's got fucking what? So he's got 48 beers. 48 yeah. beers that he has to drink all by himself. I think he even alienated all of his homeless friends. Yeah, look for the guy walking down Independence having a great time. Yeah, exactly. You know, just like, you know, just say, Ricky. 
<laughs> Look at the only guy on Independence that's happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think it's, this will make him happy. It's because he's like one of those like homeless guys that are really aggressive about the way they ask for money. How so? Like, hey, we're, how, what are we doing tonight? Like going up to your car? This guy's been personality because I saw he left this sign outside and it just says, please help. I'm fucked. Need money. But I mean, yeah, no, I guess you just got to learn to help yourself, which he did, which he did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm mad, but I'm proud of him. Like he took that step. Yeah, so he shows some initiative. real initiative. Like, I, I'm yeah. yeah, he's pulling himself up by his bootstraps. Exactly, American <laughs> dream. Yeah, he actually stole those beers to resell so he can invest in a business. Oh yeah, this yeah. Is just uh, Elon Musk. E Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk. That's what I was going for. Elon Musky. <laughs> so we got um it's been a while since we chat with you chris do you have like any sort of top three or top five craziest stories from the gas station kind of just give us one don't blow your entire load you know i gotta save that for my open mic career you know yeah i would like your top 23 stories all right if you, if you got the time uh, <laughs> like, but like one of my favorite ones have been during like the bad hurricanes a couple of years ago there was this meth head who kind of looked like Ronald McDonald, but like the hard times, hard times Ronald McDonald. <laughs> and um, he just like he came in doing that choreographed dance that like meth heads do. I don't know when they have the time to work on it, but it's always precise. Like, <laughs> I, th I, th I think these, the Fortnite kids are learning from the meth heads. They're in cahoots. Yeah. So he comes in and uh, he's like agitated to say the least. And he's like mad that our car wash was down. So he like goes outside in the middle of a hurricane and he starts doing his own car wash with a squeegee standing on top of the roof of his car, just like <laughs> squeegeeing his car, just yelling into the air. I didn't even bother calling the cops because I, it was beautiful. This was like a work of art. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just fantastic. What's sad is that it sounds like this was before TikTok. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this is prime TikTok content. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I mean, maybe he was standing on top of his car to redirect the hurricane to a gay city. Oh, he's like a waterbender. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense now. Like, Do you mean like Moses? <laughs> it's kind of like Project, that movie Project Power, where like you take the pill and you get a random superpower. I guess that's just the one he got from meth. It's <laughs> <laughs> like airbending or like waterbending. <laughs> all right, Chrissy. Well, we're gonna let you go since you're. At work. Oh yeah, it was a pleasure. I gotta get back to all these beautiful Latino men waiting on their buffalo wings. Yes, and, <laughs> and we don't want you. We don't want you to lose your job, mostly so we can keep doing this segment. Uh please let me lose my job. <laughs> I have a bright future ahead, stealing twenty-four packs. All right, Chrissy. Love you, man. Thank right, you. you. Hey, thanks a lot, man. That was awesome. All right, guys, that's our show. We want to thank Christine Levine and Doug Stanhope for being on the podcast. Please check them out both online, in their social medias, their websites. All oh, they have all that stuff. Doug, in particular, has a new book that's audio only. It's an audible Bobby. original, yes, called uh, No Encore for the Donkey, and it's awesome. Yeah, that's available now. It's exclusively, like Bobby said, on Audible. You can go to audible.com slash donkey. You just told me, Bobby, earlier that you had listened to the book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Is it just him reading it or does he have other people also reading it? This one, if I remember correctly, is just him. But I think his other ones, he had little snippets where he would ask if he was remembering the story correctly. And I actually, I love Doug's books so much. I've got, it's totally worth it to get both the print and the audio book version because there's kind of bonuses for each, you know, there's little... That's what I've heard. And I actually, the one that I did read, the first one that I, Digging Up Mother, I yeah. listened to that one. Well, I read it, the actual book. And towards the end of that book, he tells a story about doing a show at... Uh, the Milestone, right? At the Milestone. Yeah. And then in the story, he talks about how Mishka Shubali was the opener for that show. And he tells a little anecdote about that. And when I read it, I was like, no, that's not the way that happened because I was at that Milestone show. I was the opener for that show. Mishka wasn't there, but in the book, Doug says that. But then somebody else told me that he's got Mishka reading that chapter in the audiobook and Mishka corrects it in the audiobook. You know, that actually sounds correct. It's been a minute since I've listened to it, but yeah, I believe you're right. 
Yeah, somebody, I still haven't listened to it myself, but I recall somebody telling me that, that Mishka reads that last chapter and he says like, okay, this is where Stanhope fucked up. I wasn't at that show. What the anecdote that he tells comes from another show, which I'm guessing, because that's actually the first time I'd worked with Stanhope was at Milestone Show. He was coming in from Baltimore. So maybe that's where Mishka was opening and that anecdote happened. And then he flew down to Charlotte to do the Milestone, which is this old punk rock club where like the bad brains and everybody that's been a punk rock band in the last Nirvana played there Nirvana played there yeah everybody basically is plays just an old house full of graffiti but it's a fucking cool ass venue and so anyway that's all in the first audiobook I've heard it's fucking great I've heard this one that just came out is also fucking great and also he has a stand-up special that just came out I believe was earlier this year correct yes and that one's The Dying of a Last Breed. That's also available on Amazon Prime, or you can check it out on Vimeo. So definitely, well, I mean, it's fucking Doug Stanhope, so you know everything's going to be fucking good. Yeah, and I, I do feel like audiobooks by comics are just that much more enjoyable because it's always the comic reading it, so they know how to... It's better than just a generic narrator, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't even thought about that, but nobody... It's basically nobody can tell your jokes like yourself. That's exactly. Why I, I, I always try to... As it, sometimes I want to quote another comics joke and I am just like, I'm just going to butcher it. I'm not going like to, it even happened with when we last week, when we had Jerry, that he had the great joke that I loved about his racist uncle. And I was like, I'm not going to tell it because I'll fucking butcher it. So please you do it. So I don't fucking ruin it. And I know, and it's happened the other way around too. When somebody's like, Oh, I love that joke. Did you tell about, and then they tell it. I'm like, no, nah, you fucked it up. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he just ruined the joke. <laughs> That's it's a, him yeah. telling his stories. It's awesome. Exactly. Nobody knows how to tell your stories better than yeah. yourself. He was literally there. So thank you, Doug, for doing the podcast. We appreciate it. And thank you, Christine, too, for being on the podcast. We originally, we were just going to have Christine. And then Doug, of course, he couldn't bear having another Bisbee comic take all the spotlight away from him. <laughs> so he jumped in on that. All right, you guys have any last words? <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Uh, no, no, you missed Watch your chance. That's it. No, nothing. You Watch missed it's the end of it. That's the end of everything. And just walk your cat. Walk your cat. There it is. Walk your cat. My mom never listens to me.